I'm Bonnie Evangelista. I'm with the Chief Digital and AI, AI Office, CDAO. I'm here with Brigadier General Jasper Jeffers. Did I get that right? You got that right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the intro, Bonnie. <laughs> it's really cool to be here in Nashville and have the opportunity to talk yeah. to you a little bit. I, I'm, I'm in the Pentagon right now, so I'm down in the basement. I am the Deputy Director for Special Operations, which is a joint staff position and uh doesn't have AI in the title, but I would love to talk to you about technology and AI. And <laughs> that's okay because uh, with AI comes a lot of things like buying, procurement, acquisition. That's why we have these conversations. How did they get you out of the Pentagon? Come down here to Nashville at the event of the year, Spook Tech, yeah, twenty twenty three. Yeah, well, that's a that's a super long story, and that's part, that's probably <laughs> the special operations part. So you gotta, you gotta like have to be a little sneaky to make your way out. But no, I, I, you know, I talked to my leadership about it and it was a, it was a good opportunity for me to come out and connect some folks. I think I, you know, like a lot of really good, uh, connections made today, both for me personally. And then what I watched happen in between people while we're out here. Yeah. So you opened the event. Uh, I really, I, there was a part that kind of resonated with me. You were, you, you got me. Yeah. I thought you were talking about a serious story. You were totally talking about a football story. Um, I was hoping we could talk about that and we could share that with the audience in terms of, uh, in particular, having a playbook. Um, yeah. and, and, and you were talking at it, I think, from a tactical perspective. And I think of it from my acquisition lens and I'm like, we need playbooks too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for the folks listening, the, the, the story, the, the, the lens for, for, for trying to connect to the audience with that is to tell the story of this, this great event in Super Bowl 49. And like a lot of people know about it, that the Seahawks were really, really close to winning a second Super Bowl championship. And then they don't. Uh, and a lot of people think it's because of the decision that they made not to run the ball and kind of close that last yard, right? The last 36 inches between them and history. And then they don't do it. And uh, what I try to tell in the story is that, hey, that's not the only thing going on, that there was a, the other team had prepared to your point about kind of having a playbook, but I even think it's even bigger than that. It's about the system that yeah. the Patriots in that case were able to kind of put together that, that totally allow, allows them to consistently be successful in those moments. And, and that's top to bottom, that's organizational, it's leadership, it's. That totally it, came across. Like, I mean, good. I was, I was definitely drawing parallels to, to your community the end users and through the PEOs and going all the way up to the Pentagon and having that system actually working in lockstep with each other so that when you get to that moment, that Super Bowl last play moment, they were ready. Yeah. And they got it done. Yeah. Yeah. The the things that stop us from doing that almost often or most often, I think, are they're us. Yeah. It's the rules that we put on ourselves and it's the approach that we have to it. And we don't spend enough time kind of questioning that. And I think, you know, one of the great things about football and other sports sporting events they get to test it every week they're going against another team every week and and the measure of effectiveness is whether you won or lost and it's really clear and they have that very very clear kind of measurement to hold themselves against and if it's not working at the end of the season people make choices about who stays and who goes and Mm. what you're going to spend your resources human capital and money on the next year and sometimes aren't ours aren't as clear uh like when we have to make choices and we don't have those directly clear lines to to, to, to force us into those decisions. Yeah. Can, can you recap your five lessons? Can we unpack oh, yeah. that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Uh, so the, the lesson, and again, it's going to be tough without having kind of like seen the whole story of it, but 
I say you can't tech your way out of problems. That ah. even though we're here with all of these great folks representing either individual technical expertise or their company provides a technical solution, or a lot of ways it's just that they are able to kind of like provide something that has to do with technology for for the really exceptional folks who have to use it. But you can't you can't win that way. That you can't tech your way out of these problems that in almost every case for the types of organizations that we represent, certainly what I represent on the military side, is it's really about people and integration. It's the technology is there that we have to be better the at. The tools are there. Yeah, there's almost like there's there's likely an answer for every technological problem that we have and or a, a piece of tech that would solve the problem that we have. And then it's about how do you integrate it? How do you do it in a way that takes advantage of the, the people that are going to need to manage it? And then what are the thing? what are the barriers that prevent us from doing that? And most of those constructs don't have anything to do with the technology. They are much more about the organizations that we built around us, about us, and the rules that we put on ourselves, and then our ability to integrate I at the same speed more. as the tech. Yeah, I could not agree more. Uh, it, there's a, a colleague of mine, she's here, Stephanie Wilson, you'll meet her. If you haven't already, she likes to say we policy all over the things we don't understand because it makes us feel better, safer, you know, whatever you're feeling. There's a, I think there's an emotion there that we're trying to um, satisfy. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. What was number two? Uh, so number two is, is more about the individual athletes the players themselves. I don't want people to forget that in the, what I, you know, the Malcolm Butler interception moment and people may have to Google that later, <laughs> but Malcolm but Butler is a rookie free agent from West Alabama, not a big college. He's right. a rookie, his first year in the NFL and he's a free agent. He was not in the draft in the way that kind of people think about those kind of athletes, exceptional individual athlete, but not the person that you would have picked out of the lineup to be the hero. And I, I want people to remember that those, that human capital, that human talent, one, it may not be in the places that you thought it was going to be. You may not, you, you know, in the technology space, maybe, maybe you're going to, a, maybe it's going to academia and you're going to MIT and you're trying to collect up young folks from there or a place that would, you would have historically or habitually thought that you would go to find some of these experts. Maybe that's not where they are. I think that's one thing that I, I, I like to kind of point out with, with his particular story. And the other one is like, he makes a great individual play yeah. is that you can find really good players uh, to, that could, that are able to do these kind of great individual actions all over the place. And you need to be conscious of where they exist in your, in your organization. You need to be trying to find them. But the, the lesson that I say is that you put them in a system, uh. the system that puts them in the right place at the right time is probably more important because there are a bunch of good athletes on the other team right? and they did not win and don't consistently win. They're not the dynasty in the Patriots Seahawks football discussion. The Patriots are the dynasty. The Seahawks aren't right. Cause their system. I think that's a huge contributor to it. There's it's, it's complex, but I, I didn't think football would be this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, yeah. Like there's a, there's a ton of parallels like yeah. uh, that I'm drawing from what you're saying. Um, even on, uh, I would correlate that on the industry side, like from an acquisition perspective, a contracting perspective, when we're looking for solutions to problems. So maybe not the athlete in the system, like you're talking about, um, it may not be where you expect it to be. Right. Yeah. You know, so are we setting it, setting up an environment to grab the thing we need when we need it in the moment we need it? Yeah. yeah. 
So lesson number three is execution is hard, right? That, that especially for folks trying to provide technology or a, a solution to a customer, in this case, a customer who's got like a really, really important job, right? I think in the military, like the risk is incredibly high, both for, for us in the military, kind of like all the way down to the individual level, but all the way at the highest level of, of being able to fight and win our nation's wars. And that's incredibly challenging customer to work for, but the execution for the, for the individuals that have to deliver the technology or to deliver the solution, like it's really, really tough. And you can have the best idea in the world, but executing it all the way through is, is hard. And I use the football analogy, say like every play that walks in is be like, man, that's a beautiful play. You draw it up on the whiteboard and that's going to, you know, like if you do this exactly right, if you execute it perfectly mm -hmm. every time, mm. it'll score a touchdown. And obviously not every football play scores a touchdown. Yeah. So you've really got to think through like, even if you got the best idea and you got the best players and you got the best system, you still got to execute it and make it work. Follow through. Yeah. 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 With the follow through, uh, this might be a bold statement. I think our, our follow through right now or our execution, I think of that as delivery of what, what, whatever the solution is, it might be a tech solution. Uh, super, we've, we've got a huge barrier because of our ATO process, you know, so how do we, ex how, are, are we thinking ahead enough to really do that execution part. Cause execution is not just getting the contract awarded. It's the actual performance and delivery as well. And sometimes, um, our follow through to your point, our execution can, is lacking. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I think it's just every, every leader at every echelon and every individual that's part of that whole process has just got to remember that like it is tough and that yeah. like that there's no one part of it that's going to win. And if you want to win consistently, it's really, really hard. Lesson four is one that's that I, I think depending on who's looking from the outside on the story is like, oh, that just doesn't just maybe doesn't necessarily apply to them. It's all about like, hey, these time sensitive decisions are going to come. And, and the, 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 the way that I pull that lesson out is in the moment, the clock is ticking down at the end of the Super Bowl into the low double digit seconds and the coaches both have to make a decision. Each coach on each side is making what ultimately could be the defining decision of their careers and kind of the, the teams that they have. And they, they would argue that like one coach is better prepared to do that than the other. And that, that, that plays mm -hmm. out in that story is that, that one coach kind of looks, you know, in this case, Bill Belichick, he looks across the sideline, he sees disarray. He, he applies his own kind of experience and his own, uh, assessment of the situation to be able to say, like, Hey, I'm going to wait and not call a timeout here. The other coach kind of folks come on the field that come off the field, looks a little discombobulated forces that one coach, like he makes a leadership call to force the other team into making what ends up being a, a bad decision. And when those time sensitive decisions come and they always come, they always do. It's everyone thinks that they're, that maybe in their domain or in the, the, the part of the, 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 the role or function that they serve, that they're not going to end up in a place like that, but almost everyone does. And you can either be ready for that moment mm. or not. I, I use another football metaphor to talk to some of my more junior leaders. When I talked to them, I was like, you've got to be ready to, to be the quarterback to come in on third down and throw a first down. You never know when that's going to come. You never know when somebody's going to walk in and be like, Hey, the number one quarterback's down, the number two quarterback's down. You have to go in on third down and long and throw and throw a pass. And it's got to be right. Or we're going to lose the game. 
And you can prepare for that moment. It is yeah. very possible to prepare, stick discipline, focus. It's yeah. always good to remind people. I think it's less about preparing for the maybe the outcome, but it's preparing for how you handle the pivot. Right? The, I call it the art of sure. the pivot, right? Um, going into it with confidence. And I, I, as it was interesting, I, I uh, never watched a, a football scenario. And as we were watching play out like it does, you know, and I never realized how many things are happening in, at multiple levels to execute a single play. And when I, when they were pointing out how the coach was having that moment you were talking about, I felt like it, there was a little intuition in that as well, which I thought oh, yeah. was really interesting. He, he even said something looked off. He didn't know yeah. what it was, yeah. you know? And like you said, how do you prepare for that? It's, I don't think he was preparing for, um, whatever outcome he was expecting. It was more like, how do I react in this moment? Yeah. Well, I, I think even that intuition is informed by experience yeah. and opportunities that he, whether he did it consciously or not, he put himself in positions to learn what yeah. that would look like. And so in the moment, it can seem very instinctual and, and very much based on uh, this, this, but I just don't think it's innate. All right. I don't think he was born with it. I think he placed himself in positions all throughout his coaching career to be ready to make that call and knew, I think he knew that at some point those calls come and you have to be ready to, to apply all those resources that are available to you. And in this case, like yeah. all his experience, all the different things he saw his playbook and be ready to make a decision. Right. So that takes you to the last lesson, lesson number five, even with all that, just the one I like to close with there is I put a picture up of, in this case, Malcolm Butler, the, the rookie free agent that we talked about, is we're going to get it wrong. Like, I don't know what we're getting wrong. And you can, you can take that and apply it to whatever thing that we're doing at any scale. But we've just never correctly predicted the future, right? The only truth about the future is we've never accurately predicted it. So I'm going to assume uncertainty. I'm going to assume that we're going to get chunks of it wrong. So how do you build some margin into either your organization or into the system to allow you to buffer out when you do get it wrong? And I think that's all about, that's all about rookie free agents from West Alabama. That's all about people and having the right people on the team and empowering them, teaching them, giving some of give them some experiences so that they build some of that intuition so that when we do get to the point, we've like, Oh man, it's either the wrong tech or it's the wrong application of it or it's the wrong overall approach. We can pivot fast. We yeah. can move quick and we're on to the next thing. I think it's hard to foster an environment like you're talking about where you can really embrace whether you call it failing fast or um, getting uh, getting to that point where you, you know, it's, it's not that you're wrong. It's that you, you have to go through this process to get to right. Whatever okay. right looks yeah. like. No, that's a, that's a, that's a really good way of talking about it. Yeah. I mean, how do you, I'm just, I'll, I'll put you on the spot for a second. Yeah. Like how, I mean, how do we do that in the government? Yeah. From your perspective, of course. Uh, I don't know. Right. I, yeah. I'm still in the process yeah. of as a leader getting experiences at more senior levels to kind of understand it. And I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think mm. most really, really complex things can be simplified. So if I just use that approach and just said, Hey, I'm going to go as 
what, what do I think I, or what do I believe is right about how I would try to solve it? Cause this is super complex and it's highly scaled is that you try to get it down as small as possible. I mean, like the, the, you take one of these small teams or some of the, the groups of that are people that are kind of finding themselves together around a table downstairs and you super empower them yeah. and you, you kind of nurture that up and let it see what kind of disruption that'll create. And yeah. I think that goes to, to one of your other lessons, like you, that whole, you know, there's skill at every individual and you have to like prop them up or tee them up in the right scenario or the right moment. I, I akin that to also in terms of innovation, like the, inno the innovative stuff is not coming from the Pentagon, to be quite frank, we got to yeah. empower at every level, like for yeah. that stuff to come out and shine. And you can't do that unless people are allowed to break some glass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously I got to live it at a, at the lower level for like a long time. And I yeah. was part of organizations that allowed that kind of freedom routinely. So I come with that natural bit to think that like, yep, that's the answer. That's the right way. Uh, I, I probably would say the, the more experience I get at the more senior levels is like, it, there's a balance, right? Like sure. you, there are parts of the system that we want to move really fast, right. really fast to your point about like ATOs and some of the things around the digital technology space and some of the emerging technology space that we're going to want to move really quick. There's parts of it that we probably need to be judicious about and that, that there shouldn't be a one size fits all system that we're going to need to go a little slower. And I kind of think about things that like a tank, like we have tanks, mm -hmm. parts of the tank, maybe we need to move really quick on. Yeah. There's parts of the tank we should be, maybe, More maybe, the, maybe yeah. the speed is appropriate and the system works. <laughs> yeah. So we just, I think we need to be very, uh, eyes wide open. Intentional. Like, I, I mean, intentional. Yeah, That's no, I, word, I appreciate that. I, I like having in, I, I don't think we should be totally free love and, you know, yeah. uh, like we're all here just doing things randomly. We should have some intent, of course. Yeah. 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 I mean, going back to execution is hard, yeah. which implies a level of discipline yeah. in your approach. And you can be as crazy as you want to be, but at the end of the day, there's got to be like some discipline execution into the system. Um, I like heard, that. Yeah. I've like argued for like carving out a chunk of the organization to be really crazy. Right. But you cannot do that like wholesale, I don't think. I, do, I don't subscribe you, to that as you can't do that wholesale. Sure. It's bad. No, I subscribe. You got to have something reliable. Yeah. I, I get that. So I heard a rumor uh -oh. uh, that you write science fiction. Yeah, I think I think that implies that I've done it like more than once. <laughs> so I would say that I've done it at least once. That I would it is something I'm super interested in. I read a lot of science fiction, but I did I did write a there was a a time when I was um working for for a, a General Austin Scott Miller, and we were working some disruptive activities. And I went to the Army's Mad Scientist, yeah. not a forum. Like, I don't know if you've ever been like, they, they have a an organization, the Army Mad Scientist. No, but I love the title. Before. Like, it's I was great. like, what? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so I went there and it was, it was the, the Army was trying to do something very similar to what kind of like what we're seeing downstairs. We're trying to connect a bunch of people who think differently. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they were doing is they did a writing contest. It was like 5,000 word sci-fi story talk about future operating environment, but it was a blind test. So like you submit in and talk about it. And I wanted to write, ultimately the thing that I wanted to write about was the democratization of, of artificial intelligence. I think that the barrier to entry for AI, especially in the narrow AI space, is just going to continue to go lower and lower and lower. And that has all kinds of implications, I think, for 
who that technology is available to and how they could use it. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to talk about how do we as an organization that needs to hold its values in direct parallel with its effectiveness, like we have to, we can't just be effective. Lots of military organizations are effective. We have to hold our values like as important as our effectiveness. How do we balance that out with like this technology? And so I wrote a story about it. Um, was it published? It was published. Yeah. So they, so you can get it on, um, and get it on the Modern Warfare Institute okay. and then MIT's technology review published it in a magazine a few years ago. So very cool. But I, the idea is to have a conversation about it, right? Like it wasn't yeah. about like, it was, it was to have a conversation no, about like, how, great, how do we do this? That's a novel way to start a conversation, to be, yeah. have a conversation starter. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah. Want to have a conversation with awesome. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love, I, I love that we were just like, yep. Hey, let's do this. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get the podcast going. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Thank you.